Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. It is Monday, August 8th, as I am recording this, and Gen Con 2022 is in the books. Let me give you my opening thoughts on this. First, I was hoping to have this out yesterday. Unfortunately, due to travel, it has been delayed. I apologize to everyone. Sometimes that happens. I try to make sure it doesn't, but sometimes it does. So first off, general impressions of Gen Con. Looking back at the convention overall as a whole, I had a good time. I got to experience a number of new games. There were a lot of things there. I got to see everybody in the Super Show player community that was there, interact with them. That was great. Event-wise, the events all ran smoothly. We didn't have any events go late into the night like we did last year. Everything pretty much ran on time with a couple of exceptions. Some featured matches did cause a delay here or there, but in the overall grand scheme of things, it didn't really matter. The Tornado Tag event on Sunday was pushed back an hour, was delayed from 11 a.m. till noon, but still ran well. As far as the new releases were concerned, pretty much everything was there Thursday when the event opened, when the dealer hall opened. There were a couple of new competitor sets that debuted on Sunday, but outside of that, everything that was there on Thursday was there for the whole week. I did not spend a lot of time at the booth because there just wasn't really a place to hang out at the booth. The booth was pretty much for sales and for demo space. Most of the players, they hung out in the play space that was at Gen Con where all of the Gen Con events took place. For people who picked up their Kickstarters at Gen Con, from my personal experience, that all went smoothly too. I didn't hear anything about any problems. The only thing that I was aware of were that there were a few Kickstarter packages that were missing the Apex competitor set. That's a Trios competitor set. But they had those competitor sets there. So if you pulled a Kickstarter that was missing one, and I did, you could pick up the missing Apex set there. Other than that, again, pretty much SRG Universe ran the booth and ran the events smoothly from what I could tell. No major problems there. But enough about that. Let's get into the featured matches and the events that took place over Gen Con weekend. I'm going to go through them in day order, in chronological order as best I can. There were some matches that I found out about after they happened, and so they won't be chronologically in my notes, but I'm just going to go through my notes and talk about the events. I do have everything on the right day. So let's start off Thursday. The first featured match from Thursday is the Deep South Championship match. The challenger in the match is Rowdy Ron. 
He's playing as Robert the Brain Dunn. The champion of the match is Robert the Brain Dunn himself, playing as another one of his creations, Big Bad Bobby D. This was a standard singles match that went all the way to crowd meter two with the winner, still champion, Bob Dunn. Congratulations to Bob Dunn for retaining the Deep South Championship. The next featured match was the first in a potential series of four matches for the LFF Hardcore Championship. The champion going into this weekend, James Booker. James Booker, champion with El Super Ombre, faces his first challenger, Zach Bruno, a.k.a. Zachary Snow, playing as El Gato Sombria. The randomly chosen stipulation, and again, as I mentioned, there were three in the pool, tables, ladders, and steel chain. I mentioned that on the last show. The randomly chosen stipulation, steel chain. This match ends up going to crowd meter one. The winner, still champion after this match, James Booker. James Booker will go into Friday as the hardcore champion. That brings us to the first of the two Thursday events. The first Thursday event is the day one of the three-day series. This is a very simple event. There are five bullet rounds. The tournament starts at 2. You had to complete five matches by 4.30 p.m. And then based on the number of wins you had, you would get points per win. And those points would get tallied up. Whoever had the most points at the end of the final Play Pure event Saturday, the final series event, which is the Play Pure tournament, would be the series winner, the Gen Con tournament series winner. I don't know, and I never got any information on the actual point totals, on what winning matches were worth. I never got any of that. So that event happened, ran smoothly from what I could tell. And then when that event concluded, we had the Thursday night event, Stipulation Mayhem. Five bullet rounds before the top cut. If you received three losses in this stage, you were eliminated from the tournament. Each match received a random stipulation. After the bullet rounds, there was a cut to a top 11. Johnny Korea was undefeated through the bullet round stage, so he received a bye in the opening round of the top cut. The remaining 10 players in the top cut were paired off into five matches, and each match was played using one of the five stipulations either steel cage steel chain liger's den main event or tables these stipulations were chosen at random and they were not repeated after this opening round six players remained and those players were placed into a bird cage match for the finals with the winner being the winner of the Thursday Night Stipulation Mayhem Tournament. The six players in the Birdcage match were 
in order of entrance. Brad Iyer, first in, playing as Ellis Taylor. Matt Nealon, second in, playing as Uranus. Johnny Correa, third in, playing as Unique. Chris Pate, fourth in, playing as Ricky Riot. James Booker, fifth in, playing as Amazing Red. And Johnny Eldorado, the sixth and final entrant as Macho Manny. The crowd meter did end up going all the way to the top. The participants were eliminated in the following order. The first man out, eliminated by Johnny Eldorado, was Matt Nealon. The second man out, eliminated by Johnny Correa, was James Booker. The third man out, eliminated by Johnny Eldorado, was Brad Iyer. So, there were three Rust Belt players in the Birdcage Final, and they are the first three eliminated, leaving Johnny Correa, Chris Pate, and Johnny Eldorado, who is the next man out. Johnny Eldorado gets eliminated by Johnny Correa. Johnny Correa eliminating two of the six players in the match, leaving only Johnny Correa and Chris Pate, the final two, with the winner. Chris Pate as Ricky Wright. Congratulations to Chris Pate for his victory. While this event was going on, there were also two other featured matches that took place. The first was the Underworld Championship. Kirk Polka, the champion with Scarlet Graves, took on Ken Fouché, the challenger with Grim Librarian, in again a standard singles match that went to Crowd Meter 2 with Kirk Polka winning and retaining the Underworld Championship. The other featured match Thursday was the Intergalactic Championship. The Intergalactic Championship coming out of Origins was kind of a mess. There were somehow two Intergalactic Champions. I'm not sure how that worked. But the two Intergalactic Champions faced off at Gen Con Thursday night to unify the championship. Those two champions were Yasmin, playing as the Master Chef LMP, and Prince Butters, playing as Unicorn Princess. In a match that went to Crowd Meter 1, the winner, and now sole intergalactic champion, is Prince Butters. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to all the winners from Thursday night. This brings us to Friday. The first featured match Friday is the next in the LFF Hardcore Gauntlet. James Booker, still Hardcore Champion with El Super Hombre, faces Sierra Simon playing as Sherry Von Danish in a tables match. Tables, the randomly chosen stipulation, meaning that if there's a third match, it will be ladder. I missed this match. I did not get to see it. But from what I understand, at crowd meter two, James Booker wins, retains. He goes in and comes out of Friday, still the LFF hardcore champion. That brings us to the next afternoon event, the second tournament in the series. The first tournament was all standard singles matches. 
in this Friday tournament, no spectacles could be used. But entrances were perfectly legal. Also, five bullet rounds. And certain players, if they had a high enough record, got to play a bonus match to potentially earn more points. This brings us to the next featured match for Friday. The LFF Tag Team Championships. These are the original Tag Team Championships. In this match, we see the Dangerous Alliance, the team of Chris Pate and Sean Loeb, defending against the team of Under the Bridge, James Booker and Brad Iyer. This is the tag team that won the last Gen Con Tag Team Tournament. Chris Pate was playing his big bad Bobby D. Sean Loeb was playing his combat Chris. James Booker was playing as Macho Manny. Brad Iyer was playing as Robert the Brain Dunn. This match ends up going to Crowdmeter 2. One notable thing I'll say about the match, there was a fairly significant botch. Sean Loeb is playing a double bodybender at number 27. Double bodybender, and there are two other cards in that series, double axe handle and double slam, that all have effectively the same text. They say draw one card. If this is a tag team or trio, stop any, and then depending on the card, strike, grapple, or submission. Now, on the text box, the words tag team and the word trio are kind of in a charcoal grayish color. The reason for that is because those cards only work as stops if they're being played with a competitor that has either the words tag team in black or the word trio in black on the competitor card. If that word does not appear, then those cards are not stops. This is different than cards that reference tag team, but it's white letters. If a card references tag team in white letters, it can be played in tornado tag decks and in the multiplayer, the two-on-two -two tag format that was going on in this case. It's only the black slash charcoal grayish text that is restricted. So Sean Loeb attempted to stop a significant strike card. I don't recall if it was a finish, but he could not because that card was not live as a stop in that deck. At Crowdmeter 2, the winners, still champions, Dangerous Alliance. That botch did not matter. They were able to overcome and they remain the LFF Tag Team Champions. James Booker trying to hold both Tag Team Championships at once with two different partners did not happen. The Dangerous Alliance emerged victorious Friday. That brings us to the Tag Team Tournament Friday night. There were four bullet rounds in the tag team tournament, in the opening stages of the tag team tournament. If you received three wins, you were automatically in. If you were undefeated, you got in. If you were two and two, you might have been able to get in. There would be a lottery if necessary to fill up the card. Anything worse than that, you did not make the top cut. After the opening rounds, there was a cut to a top eight. The four matches in the first round of the top cut 
were Johnny Eldorado and the Cherry Glamazon versus Bob Dunn and Prince Butters, with Bob Dunn and Prince Butters winning and going on to the semifinals. The second match in the top cut was Matt Nealon and Dave Marisak facing the Dangerous Alliance, Chris Pate and Sean Loeb, with Matt Nealon and Dave Marisak going on to the semifinals. The third match, Rowdy Ron and Nick Nimble versus two new players, Joshua Reeves and Kirk Crabtree, with Rowdy Ron and Nick Nimble moving on. And the final match in the opening round of the top cut was James Booker and Brad Iyer under the bridge versus Kirk Polka and Candyman Dan with James Booker and Brad Iyer winning and going on to the semifinals. So in the semifinals, we have first match, Matt Nealon playing as newly released competitor Jamie Senegal and the director of operations Dave Marisak playing as his standby favorite character of the man from IT taking on Rowdy Ron as Danny Limelight and Nick Nimble as the ultimate fighter. Matt Nealon and Dave Marisak win and they go on to the finals. In the other match, Bob Dunn and Prince Butters playing as Maestro and Cactus Sack respectively take on Under the Bridge with James Booker as Scott Prime and Uncle Bradley as the original Colt Cabana. Under the Bridge win here, and so the finals matchup is going to be Under the Bridge versus Matt Nealon and Dave Marisak. It is an all-Rust Belt finals. All four players, Cleveland, Ohio players, with James Booker and Brad Iyer making their second straight Gen Con Tag Team Finals appearance. I did not get to see this match at the venue because all four of these Cleveland players were actually sharing a hotel room. They essentially said they're going to have the finals at the hotel. It turns out they ended up having their finals in an area that I could have gone to, but I didn't know that at the time. So I ended up going home. I missed the finals match. I did not get to see it. But the winners of the Gen Con Tag Team Tournament were Cleveland's own Under the Bridge. James Booker and Brad Iyer are back-to-back Gen Con Tag Team Tournament winners. This is the first time this has ever happened in Super Show the Game. We had something close. The Grump Danny Thunder did win the Gen Con Tag Team Tournament at Gen Con two years in a row. However, he did it with a different partner. Loudmouth Leo the first time, Gropak the second time. This is the first time two people have repeated at Gen Con. Congratulations to Under the Bridge for winning Gen Con and for achieving that feat. That brings us to Saturday. There are no featured matches before the main Play Pure tournament. The format for the Play Pure tournament was this. Get kicked off at 2. Players had from 2 until 3.30 to play as many matches as they could. 
the players with the best records would make the top cut. However, there was this condition. If you lost two matches, you were eliminated from the tournament. So, players had to decide, once they hit that first loss, do they stop playing? Do they think that their record is good enough to stop playing? Do they keep playing and risk potentially losing a second time and getting eliminated? Or do they rest on one loss and hope that's good enough to make the tournament? So there's a bit of you know, strategy, a bit of calculation in players' thinking. I can tell you that after the preliminary rounds, there was a cut to a top eight. There were four matches in the top eight. In the first match, the Grump Danny Thunder versus Chris Pate, the Grump wins and makes the semifinals. In the second match, Johnny Korea versus Matt Nealon, Johnny Korea wins and goes on to the semifinals. In the third match, the director of operations, Dave Marisak, faces Candyman, with Candyman making the semifinals. And in the last match, Sean Loeb faces Bob Dunn, with Sean Loeb going on to the semifinals. So, the semifinal matches C. The Grump as Funtime Bob versus Candyman as El Super Hombre and Sean Loeb as Wooly Bully, the new Wooly Bully, versus Johnny Korea as Loudmouth Leo Larynx. As a reminder, because Candyman has previously won the Play Pure tournament with El Super Hombre, she is the only player that can play El Super Hombre. The Brain, who is the champion going in with Flyboy, is the only player who can use Flyboy in these tournaments. And once both of those people win their second tournament with that competitor, that competitor is retired from Play Pure tournament play. The winners in the semifinals who go on to face each other in the finals are the Grump Danny Thunder as Funtime Bob and Sean Loeb as Wooly Bully New Version. These two face off, and it is somewhat of an anticlimactic finals from what I understand. The winner at Crowdmeter Zero, the Grump Danny Thunder. The Grump Danny Thunder becomes the new Play Pure champion. And from what I understand, based on the points, this also means he won the series. Will he get a championship shot like Bob Dunn did out of this? I don't know. But from what I understand, he also won the tournament series. Next up for Saturday, the World Heavyweight Championship is on the line. Bob Dunn, the champion with Big Bad Bobby D, faces his challenger, Yasmin, the 2021 Gen Con World Heavyweight Championship Tournament winner, playing as the Devil's Advocate, Dan Williams. From what I recall, this match was played using the main event crowd meter. It did not really come into play because the match ended at crowd meter one with the winner, still champion, Bob Dunn. Congratulations to him for retaining. Yasmin put on a great fight, but in the end, Bob Dunn won. And after the match, Bob Dunn announced the next members of his faction, the Think Tank. We already knew about Citizen X. 
but three new members revealed themselves as members after this match. Those three members were Candyman Dan, Candy Ma'am, and Yasmeen herself. Those three are now members of the Think Tank. There was also speculation that James Booker, the current holder of the Cookies Fortune, could have cashed in. He was ringside, potentially could have cashed in the Cookies Fortune, joined the match, made it an elimination triple threat, or he could just face the winner immediately after. That did not happen. We may see the championship next defended at Marktoberfest, October 15th at Recess Games in North Olmsted, Ohio. We don't know, but James Booker still holds the cookie's fortune. He did not cash it in to get a title shot. It was also at this time I learned that I had missed a championship match earlier in the day. Prince Butters, the newly crowned unified intergalactic champion, had his first defense since the unification. Butters playing as ACH took on Candy Mam playing as Candy Mam and he retained he remains the intergalactic champion. That brings us to the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament Saturday night. Six bullet rounds. If your record was four and two, you would make the top cut. If it was sub that, you did not. After the six bullet rounds, and I believe there was at least one diversity match, they end up cutting to a top 16. In this opening round of 16, every match was played using a different special guest referee. There was a list of eight. Each one of the eight was used, chosen by each matchup picking a random number. So nobody had the same special guest referee. After this, there's a cut to a top eight, with each match in the top eight having a different randomly chosen stipulation. The top eight matchups were the Great Outdoors versus the Grump Danny Thunder in a tables match, with the Grump winning, Matt Nealon versus Ken Fouché in a Psycho Circus match, with Matt Nealon winning, the Director of Operations Dave Marisak versus Candyman Dan in a no disqualification match with Dave Marisak winning, and Sean Loeb versus Candyman in a steel chain match with the Candyman winning. This sets up the following semifinal matchups, which, from what I understand, did not have stipulations. Those matchups were Matt Nealon playing as his brother's competitor, the Trash Man, versus the Grump, Danny Thunder, playing as Matt Nealon's sometime tag team partner, Funtime Bob. Matt Nealon wins here and makes the finals. The other matchup is the Director of Operations, again playing as the man from IT, taking on Candyman, playing as Candyman, with the Director of Operations winning and moving on to the finals. So, two of the tag team finalists, the runners-up, become the two finalists in the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. This match was played using the main event stipulation crowd meter, and it was not a very long match. Matt Nealon wins a few turn rolls. 
is able to play, I believe it is, the Trash Man's Grapple Finish. With this Grapple Finish, if there are a certain number of cards in play that have either the word Work or Trash in the name, the opponent only gets one breakout roll. Matt Nealon had that many cards in play, meaning that Dave Marisak would only get one chance to break out. Matt Nealon rolls his highest skill of 10 for the finish roll, and the director of operations is not able to break out in his one roll. Matt Nealon wins the Gen Con World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. He also previously won the Origins World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. So he has won both major convention tournaments this year. Congratulations to him. That is not a feat that I think has ever been done. Loudmouth Leo did once win Origins and Pack South. So that was the closest up until now. But this is the first time somebody has won the two big Super Show convention events in the same calendar year. Congratulations to Matt Nealon for achieving that event. I don't know if that means he will get another shot at the World Heavyweight Championship like he did for winning Origins. We will have to see. But congratulations to him for achieving that feat. The final big thing from Saturday, the third match in the LFF Hardcore Gauntlet Series, James Booker, the champion with El Superombre, takes on Rowdy Ron playing as Yiva Lionheart in a ladder match. This was probably James Booker's toughest matchup yet. I missed most of it. I didn't realize it was going on. This match went to crowd meter five, so went quite deep. But in the end, with a finish roll of 14, the winner, James Booker. James Booker wins three of the four defenses and is going into Sunday one match away from leaving Gen Con with the Hardcore Championship. And that brings us to Sunday. So, Sunday, we have the Tornado Tag Team event. Only one event, like I mentioned earlier. It did get pushed back. This was a pretty small event. And I will say, I don't know that these events were as big as they usually are. They felt a little smaller to me. That could just be my perception. They might be just as full as they usually are. We will have to see. I don't have the official numbers. They just did feel a little smaller to me. But the Tornado Tag Team had 12 players. You played three matches. You were eliminated at two losses. After the three matches were done, there was a cut to a top eight. Seven people made it in. One of the eliminated players was actually brought back into the top cut. They were chosen randomly. That player was Candy Man Dan. Candy Man Dan gets back in. He, unfortunately, does not get out of that first round of the top cut. The semifinalists in this event end up being Sean Loeb as the Fashion Popos, the Great Outdoors as D2 and the Ringleader, Ken Fouché as the Duo Decimal System, and Candyman as Sweet Innuendos. Sean Loeb and the Great Outdoors square off in the semifinals with Sean Loeb winning. And 
Ken Fouché and Candyman face off in the other semifinal match with Ken Fouché winning, setting up Ken Fouché versus Sean Loeb. And again, a short finals match only goes to crowd meter zero. The winner of the final event of Gen Con 2022, the man behind the Grim Librarian, Ken Fouché. Congratulations to Ken Fouché for winning the Tornado Tag Team event. There were two other featured matches Sunday, the final day of the event. The first, the long-awaited Midwest Coast Championship match. This had been rescheduled a couple of times. That finally happened. The great outdoors playing as Johnny Gargano challenges the champion Brad Iyer playing as numero uno in another short crowd meter zero match with the winner new champion, the great outdoors. Congratulations to her. I believe this is her first major championship, the regional Midwest Coast Championship. The other featured match is the final match in the hardcore series of matches. James Booker, still champion, after three defenses, faces loudmouth Leo Larynx in a tables, ladders, and chains match. James Booker, El Superombre, Loudmouth Leo, playing as the perfect assistant, the new Kickstarter version of Ms. Tyrius. Again, I missed this match. It did get all the way up to crowd meter three, the more tables match. I got a little bit of a rundown from Loudmouth Leo about this. Before I get into that, let me explain a little bit about the tables, ladders, and chains stipulation. It essentially goes tables at crowd meter zero, ladders at crowd meter one, chains at crowd meter two. And then as the crowd meter goes up, it's more tables, more ladders, more chains, even more tables, even more ladders, and even more chains. That's the way the crowd meter goes up. I believe it goes up to crowd meter eight. Nine levels, zero through eight. During the tables portion, only grapple finishes cause finish rolls. If you play a strike finish or a submission finish, the crowd meter goes up, but it doesn't trigger a finish roll, and that finish card stays in play. That can be good because those finish cards increase your skills. You still get those skill boosts that are on the finish cards. So you can have, depending on how you play it, you could be in a situation where you have three tens because your finish gives you three tens, and now you can roll three tens when you're rolling through your turn roll. Loudmouth Leo plays both his strike finish and his grapple finish in the match, so he has two finishes in play. Now, you might ask, if your finishes are in play, and it's that crowd meter, so say you're in the ladders portion of the crowd meter, and your strike finish is in play, and you have no other strike finishes in your deck, how can you win during the ladder portion? What if you had all three? Of your finishes in play. Well, once you hit the more tables portion of the crowd meter, once you get past the first three levels, if you have a follow up in play of that type, so let's say we're at the more ladders portion 
of the event and all three of my finishes are in play. And they didn't cause finish rolls because of when they were played. If I have a follow-up strike in play and during my turn I play a follow-up strike, that triggers a finish roll. Well, Loudmouth did this in the match. He had both his strike and grapple finish in play. And at the more tables crowd meter, he is able to play a follow-up grapple when he already had a grapple in play. That triggered his finish roll, and he won off that. So, Loudmouth Leo Larynx is the new LFF Hardcore Champion. Congratulations to him. That will do it for Gen Con 2022. Now. Upcoming convention news. There are three conventions that I'm aware of. Two of them are taking place the same weekend. There's going to be Grand Con in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And there's going to be Dragon Con in Atlanta, Georgia. Again, those are both Labor Day weekend. Grand Con is only three days. I believe Dragon Con is either four or five. I'm not 100% sure on that. If you're interested in going to either, I'd suggest going to those websites, looking them up, and looking at booking your ticket for which one you want to go to. SRG Universe will be at both conventions. Steve Resk will be at Dragon Con. Griff Briggs will be at Grand Con. The other convention that I'm aware of, ArmorCon, takes place later, I want to say November. I'm not 100% sure. I would look into that. But the next two conventions coming up are just about a month away, both Labor Day weekend. Other featured events, BCW is going to do a Create a Competitor tournament the weekend after Labor Day, September 10th. That's a Saturday. The Saturday after that, there's going to be a Create a Competitor tournament at Game King in Fall River, Massachusetts. And then I mentioned it earlier, Marktoberfest, Recess Games, North Olmsted, October 15th. Those are the big in-person events coming up over the next couple months. The next thing I want to talk about is the CCC. We're in round three of the CCC, two matches, both tag team matches, both Unfortunately, the Facebook tag team matches. The way these are going to work is this, and I'll use match one as an example. The competitors in match one are JAC and Time Bomb Tim versus Harvey Luster and Johnny Cree. I'll use JAC and Time Bomb Tim as the example. In these matches, each team is trying to form tag chains. When the match goes live, hypothetically, JAC might tag El Superombre on Facebook. Then El Superombre on Facebook would tag Snake Pit. Then Snake Pit on Facebook would tag Big Shot. Then Big Shot on Facebook would tag Rising Sun. And so on and so forth. And they would try to make the biggest tag chains they could. Now, if a tag chain stalls. For example, let's say the Rising Sun doesn't tag anybody. JAC can tag in Time Bomb Tim. Then Time Bomb Tim 
can tag somebody else and start a new chain. The more people you can get in your chain, the more votes you have. Each person in a chain is worth one vote. Now, you are able to vote, i.e. tag, for both teams. However, again, that is your vote. If you want to vote for one of these teams to go on to the semifinals, then you only tag once. If you want to vote for both of them to go on, your votes are offsetting, but you can. You can tag with both. I recommend against doing that. One, I believe you should actually you know, make your vote count. Two, it creates work for Pat Mulligan. The tag round is the hardest round to count. That is what he has told me in the past. And so if you're going to basically offset votes and generate work for Pat Mulligan, I would recommend make his burden a bit lighter. Just don't vote for either side. There are arguments that, hey, voting for both sides, even though it's offsetting, it does help keep a tag chain going. So there is a positive there. But I still recommend just vote once or don't vote at all. Your call, you can do what you want. It is your vote to do. I, as the steward for JAC, am asking people, please tag with JAC. Help JAC and Time Bomb Tim make it to the semifinals of the 2021 CCC. That's it for CCC News. I do have some big SRG Universe Super Show the Game news that I learned about at Gen Con. Steve Resk introduced me to one of the developers of the Super Show the Game app. Some of you may have seen the art that Steve was posting on Facebook. There's also an entrance card. I believe it's called App Battle featuring EDM and the gold standard. This is all part of that Super Show the Game app. I spoke to the developer. I learned the following things. This is going to be an app that will be downloadable from the major Android and iOS stores. You can get it on Android phones. You can get it on Apple phones. It's going to be free to play with some purchasable options to unlock characters. You will be able to grind for characters. You will be able to grind for cards through play, but you can also purchase them through in-app purchases. From what I understand, there's going to be a closed alpha starting in September. 50 players will be invited. As the game currently sits right now, there is only one option, a PvE option. I believe that stands for player versus environment. It's like player versus computer, basically. You are playing as EDM, and you are facing the gold standard. Both players in-game are using the same deck. It's original EDM versus original gold standard. So the current tag team gold standard gimmick is what's in the app right now. That probably will not survive into the actual full version of the game, but that is currently what's programmed in the app. The plans are that not only will there be this PvE, but there will be PvP in the game. 
You will be able to play against people, both random matchups and you will be able to, in the app, play against specific people. So say I wanted to have a match against Steve Resk. I can go into the app, challenge Steve Resk. If he's on the app at the same time, he can join me and we can have a match. In addition, there is a spectator mode. So if while I am having a match with Steve Resk, if, say, Griff Briggs wanted to watch the match, he can come in, he can see what I'm doing, he can see what Steve's doing, he can see both players' cards, he can watch everything in the app. That's currently what we know about the app. As far as like grinding for cards, what I've been told is wins in the game. Right now, the plan is you'll get three packs of cards that you open. Losses in the game will get you one pack. And then that's how you can add cards to your card pool. But that's the current plan with the Super Show the Game app. With that, that's pretty much going to do it for the major news stories that I have for this week. There are a couple of odds and ends. Last Wednesday on Talk of the Universe, Bob Dunn announced the winner of his CAC event, who he's going to give the credit competitor to. This is based on both performance in the tournament as well as promo work and other factors. Bob Dunn decided that the winner is going to be split. Split of the Freak Show will get to have a competitor in Super Show the Game. The runner-up who won the CAC tournament that Bob was running is Arcade Addict Aaron. He will get a Champion of Kickstarter card for being the runner-up. And then one more thing before I talk about the online tournaments and Sunday Night Fights from this past week. Next year, 2023, is the 10th year of SRG Universes and Super Show the Game's existence. I think it would be a good idea if they made 10th anniversary cards commemorating the history, the great moments in Super Show the Game. And so I put a post up on the Facebook discussion group asking people what moments would they like to see immortalized either as alt art cards, as brand new cards, competitors, whatever you'd like, whatever you think should be cards that would be a good representation of the history of Super Show the Game. Right now, I'm just looking for ideas that we can give to Steve and SRG Universe to create. I want to do it now because even though we haven't hit the 10th anniversary year yet, but creating cards, creating art, all those things take time. And so if we want to give our suggestions to SRG Universe, now's the time to start getting those out there. So if they want to adopt those and create those cards, they're going to need time to do that. I did run that by Steve and Griff at Gen Con. They both liked that idea. So hopefully if we can get some good things to immortalize in card form and get that in front of them, that could happen. So I encourage people, find that post and comment on it. Let's get some good things that we can give to the SRG universe to help commemorate the history of this game. With that, 
Let's talk about the online tournaments from this past week. We'll start with Monday. We have the Consigliere fights. The SRG boss was in route to Gen Con. So the Consigliere to the SRG boss, Brian Waitfort Schmidt, ran the tournament. I don't have any details, but the top three in the tournament were in third place, Chugonomics as Master Osmodius, the Keeper of Prisoners. In second place, Chris Bridges as General Lee Wong. And the winner, John Pulverino, playing as Flyboy. That was Monday, Thursday. We had Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. There were 29 players in this week's tournament. Six groups, five groups of four, one group of five, top two from each group advanced. With this particular Thursday Night Fights tournament, there had been the following prize announced. If you win the tournament, you get a shot at the regional championship for the region you live in. So tri-state people get a shot at the tri-state championship if they win. Midwest Coast players get a shot at the Midwest Coast championship. Deep South players get a shot at the Deep South Championship. But six groups, top two advance into a top 12. In the opening round of the top cut, they decide to do two birdcage matches. Two birdcage matches. Six players in one birdcage match. Six players in the other. The six players in the first birdcage were... Jeremy Steigerwald as the Director of Operations, Dave Marisak. Jokerfish as Harrietta the Bearded Diva. Piglet as Ginny. John Doe as New Jack. Not familiar with him as a player. Lucky Cat Nico as Najamai. And Simon Strauss as Spite. That's the first birdcage. The second birdcage was the Cannoli as the Cyclone. Eddie Fury as the Jerk of Cirque, Alec Ventresca as Will Ospreay, Hold the Line Harry as himself, the Cheetah as Dana Might, and John Press 1P as the new Alien Invader. Two players from each birdcage advanced. Now, I am not sure if the top four are all in a Claim the Throne match together, or if there are two Claim the Throne matches and then a Claim the Throne final. The tournament report that I have is not specific on that, but the top four in this tournament end up being in fourth place, Cheetah as Dana Mike. In third place, Lucky Cat Nico as Najamai. In second place, Piglet as Ginny. And the winner, who is going to get a shot at the LFF Tri-State Championship, John Pulverino, Press 1P, as the new Alien Invader. Congratulations to John Pulverino for winning Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. Friday, we have a pop-up event. It's the Friday Free Rewind pop-up event, hosted by... Ryan Waitfort-Schmidt. Again, I don't have the details of this event, but the top three were in third place, Big Match Pete playing his Booker Mania. 
The finalists were the Italian Bombata playing as Various and the Enforcer playing as himself. In a New York Rules match that goes all the way to Crowdmere 3, the Italian Bombata wins the Friday Free Rewind pop-up event. Congratulations to him. This brings us to Sunday Night Fights. There are three matches on Sunday Night Fights. The first match, from what I understand, is a Beast Unchained stipulation match. We have JVD playing as the rogue, Anthony Gangone, taking on the friend Kane as Najamai. This match goes all the way to Crowdmere 3 with the winner as the friend Kane. Afterwards, JVD proposes that the two of them team up as a tag team and the friend Kane seemingly accepts. So, the newest tag team in the LFF, the friend Kane and JVD. The second match was supposed to be Split versus the Nightmare King. Unfortunately, as has often happened with the Nightmare King, he had technical difficulties he could not join, and instead what we got was Split as Reverend Goodbrains versus Nyrab as himself. I do not recall this match going very deep into the crowd meter, but the winner, Split. Split wins the second match of Sunday Night Fights. The final match of Sunday Night Fights, the United States Championship is on the line. Swaggy D, the champion as Swaggy D, takes on the Frequent Flyer, playing as the new face of chaos. The Frequent Flyer won the Wednesday night event at Origins Game Fair, and that is why he gets this shot at the championship. This match ends up going to crowd meter one. The winner, Swaggy D. Swaggy D retains the championship. His next challenger will be the Frequent Flyers, Time Travelers, Extraordinaire, Partner, Colin Simon, Colin the Chrononaut. Congratulations to Swaggy D. Congratulations to all of the winners from this past week, both online and in person at Gen Con. As far as events coming up, as of right now, as I'm recording this, there are two events listed on Supershowthegame.com. It's so rare that I get to talk about these events. They're normally not listed on Sunday. But two events on Monday. The first, the Monday night consigliere fight hosted by Brian Waitford Schmidt. $5 entrance fee, three left in stock as I'm recording this. 7.30 sign up. I assume that means you show up in the Zoom room. There's usually a Zoom link posted in the discussion group. Go to the Zoom room if you need to give a deck list. That's when you do that. Show up there, 8 p.m. start time. Singles event, random stipulations in the top cut. That's the Monday night event, supershowthegame.com. You have Chibi's Thursday night fights coming up this Thursday. Also a $5 entrance fee. Two options. You can either take a gift card if you win, or... You can place a physical order to get a physical prize card. You do have to pay shipping if you take that option. 7.30 p.m. start time for this. Maximum 32 players. It's going to be group stages with a top cut, top two in each group advancing. The stipulations are no DQ, crowd meter one start, 
So essentially, New York rules. Although New York rules also are no count. So you might be able to win by count out in this. That is the stipulation for the top eight and for the top 16 if necessary. The semifinals will be Beast Unchained matches, and the finals will be main event matches. In this particular tournament, all of the matches will be no DQ matches. They will all have the no DQ crowd. So that is unusual for a Chibi's Thursday Night Fight event, but that is this week's event. Those are all of the events currently posted on SuperShowTheGame.com. There's also going to be, unless something insane happens, Dojo on Tuesday night. That is all that I'm aware of for events. Be on the lookout for pop-ups if you're interested in those. With that being said, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. It's been a long one, but I'm happy for all of you listening. I'm happy that I got to see a lot of you at Gen Con. And as always, thank you for listening. And a good day. And vote for JAC in the next match of the CCC. Please tag with JAC if he tags you. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. Good day.